What's up, 4640? How are we feeling tonight? Good? Man, it has been forever. Did you guys miss this a little bit? I feel like I needed that worship. It was just been forever since we've been here. It feels like months and months. But there we have a pretty good Christmas break. Who, had, who didn't like their Christmas break? Anybody? Anybody out there? A few of us? Anybody travel for their Christmas break? I want to know who traveled the furthest. Who traveled, if you think you traveled the furthest for Christmas break, keep your hand up in the air. Where'd you go, Emma? Oregon. Okay, Oregon. Any, anybody beat Oregon? Hawaii. All right. And your hand is still up. We're, the Bahamas. Where's further, Hawaii or the Bahamas? It's the same thing. It's just a different... Oh, your hand's up too. Fruta. Nice. Yeah. I thought... Uh, you said you went to your couch, right? That's awesome. That's far. That's a, that's a good distance. When I was in college, uh, my parents decided to move to a place called South Dakota. And um, I was like born and raised in Colorado. Like, I love it here. You guys know that we live in like one of the best states like in the entire planet. It is so awesome here. My parents moved to South Dakota uh, my sophomore-ish year of high school, or high school, year of uh, college. So I was like 20, and my parents said, you need to come home to South Dakota for Christmas. And I was like, that's not home, but I'll come because you're family and they're going to give me a bunch of stuff. And so I went to South Dakota and you guys like, if you ever going to go to a new place or maybe if you travel for Christmas, you ask questions about what it's like a little bit, right? Because you don't want to like, you don't, you just want to know. You don't want to just be surprised. And so I asked my dad, dad, what is South Dakota like? And he's like, well, it's cold and there's snow. And so growing up in the mountains of Colorado, I grew up in gypsum like Vail Valley, we had snow, it was cold. I was like, all right, I think I can handle that. That's not that big of a deal. So I get on the plane and I land in South Dakota and I shouldn't have been, that plane should not have been flying at all. It was like the smallest plane. There's only five of us in there. There's like maybe 10 seats and we landed in this field. And I was thinking South Dakota was like mountains. I don't know, like, like the Black Hills, there's like really good turkey hunting and like it's next to Wyoming. It's like South Dakota, it's gonna be sweet. Well, Aberdeen, South Dakota, is like the northeast corner, and the northeast corner of South Dakota lies nothing. There's nothing there. There's, I got out of the plane. There was tons of snow, but it's the same snow that had fallen months ago. You know, in Colorado, like, it snows here, and it melts, and then it snows fresh snow, right? And our only rule is no, don't eat yellow snow. Their rule is don't eat any snow ever because it could have like last year's dog in it or something like that. Like it never leaves. The snow doesn't leave. And also there were zero mountains at all. It was completely flat. Like you could just, you could just see for like 100 miles and you could stand on, on like a tuna can and see for 200 miles. It was, it was ridiculous. And so I didn't ask enough questions before I went. And then I was, man, I was super disappointed. And maybe some of you, do you, do you guys like to get on Google like maps at all and like look at places? Man, I love doing that stuff. And I think that as we ask questions about like where we're going to go or something like that, it's pretty normal to like have that plan. But my expectations were a little ruined because I did not ask enough questions. I should have got on Google Maps and everything like that. But I feel like a lot of ways, our culture, our society, we do the same sort of thing when it comes to heaven, is that we don't like ask any questions about heaven. We just kind of like, and for a long time in my personal story, like I, I really just thought, Heaven is just like the place you go when you die. And that's, I was kind of fine with that. But then I started thinking, have you guys ever like laid awake at night just thinking about, maybe not at night or just at some point, like what actually happens when we die? Like when you open your eyes, 
like in heaven, what's it going to be like? Have you guys ever thought of that before? I've just like maybe wondered, like, is there free Chick-fil-A in heaven? I don't, is there a coupon system still? I don't know how it works. Like, things that keep me up at night are like that, okay? But if you think about it, in normal life, we ask questions of where we're going to go. Like, if you were to go home tonight and your parents said, we're moving to Miami tomorrow, would you have some questions? Yeah, like, why are we leaving God's country to go to Miami? That would be my first question. But then it's like, what, what's, what school am I going to go to? Like, what neighborhood are we going to live at? Like, you're getting your Google list together of things that you're going to have to ask uh, Google to tell you about what, is it Miami, Ohio, or Miami, Florida? Because those are very different. Ohio is not Florida. It is the opposite of Florida. The opposite. So these are things that you'd want to find out. And I think that it is very healthy in things that we should do is to ask ourselves questions and to ask God questions and to see what the Bible says about heaven. Because if we think about it, our little time here on sophomore year of high school, in the grand scheme of eternity, we're going to spend a lot longer in heaven. So maybe we should like start wondering and thinking about what's there. You guys want some answers about heaven? Anybody want some answers about heaven? I don't have them all. All right, I don't, I don't want to just disappoint you off the bat. But we are going to get into the Bible and talk about that. And over the next three weeks, we're going to break down some myths and we're going to answer some questions about what's in heaven. What does heaven look like? Who's going to be in heaven? Am I going to have my pet Fluffy, the goldfish, in heaven, right? I don't know who names goldfish Fluffy, but that's fine. Like, to each their own. Uh, who's going to be in heaven with us? What are we going to see there? Are we going to be able to interact with people, like angels? Like, what? What's going on in heaven? We're going to be able to, we're going to try and ask, ask those questions and answer them and see what the Bible has to say about them. And tonight, what I want to do is I want to jump into what is heaven going to look like? What is it just going to look like? Not as much uh, what are we going to look like or, or who's going to be there, but tonight I just want to like break down a couple myths of what heaven is. And is heaven, is it for real? For real. That's how Joe said it in the meeting. For real. Like that. Because heaven is for real. So the first myth that I want to bust down tonight is, is, is that heaven is just, heaven is spiritual. It's a spiritual place. And how many of you guys in the movies have seen or TV show or whatever, like the spirit leave the body and just like, whew. You guys ever noticed that before in movies or something like that? And it's just like, that's the end. They're in heaven. And then you think about if your spirit just goes, in heaven, like for millions of years, you're just going like that. Like, do you just float up into the, like if you're just a spirit, then you're just like this wisp of wind or like a glitter cloud or something like that. And what do you do? Just like make angels sneeze because you're around their face or something like that. Or like the whole idea of just being on a cloud, like we're just going to go up and sit on clouds, super light. That'll be new for me. But we're just going to sit on a cloud. And we're just all going to just like sing Kumbaya because we're, like, we're in God's presence. We're just like, I'm sitting. Kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya. 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 Can I get a Frisbee or something? Like, you know, like looking for a hacky sack all of a sudden. Does that seem like... We know, and in this room, we've experienced God. Does that seem like the truth that God would put for us for eternity, for millions of years, sitting on a cloud, seeing Kumaya? No. See, the truth is that 
Heaven is not just spiritual. It is also physical. There are things that we're going to be able to see, taste, touch. All of, that, all of our senses are going to be completely magnified and completely perfected to a place where we're going to be able to interact with the stuff that's there, the place that heaven is and all that stuff. So myth number one of heaven is just spiritual. No, that's not true. Heaven is physical as well. We're going to be able to like actually see and taste and touch things. It's going to be really, really awesome. And so what I want to do is we're going to jump into some scripture we're going to jump into the book of Revelation. And for any of you guys that love sci-fi, any sci-fi fans out there, read Revelation. It will mess you up. All right? It is a really, really awesome book. But it's about the future. It's about the future. And it's written by the Apostle John. So John was with Jesus, not to be confused with John the Baptist, but it's the Apostle John who walked with Jesus, um, didn't put his foot in his mouth and say the wrong things like Peter did, but was a really good friend with Peter and all those guys. And he actually lived the longest of all the disciples, and he wrote Revelations. Revelations was a book that's about the future, and the Spirit of God, Jesus actually took John to the future to show it to him, and then put him back in the time to write it. Right? The Bible's sweet. So we're going to write, or we're going to write, we're going to read what John wrote about heaven, and specifically this physical description of what the city of heaven or the new Jerusalem, for what you could read in the scriptures, what we're going to read, um, is. So heaven is kind of described as a city as John sees this portion of heaven. I don't think all of heaven is just confined to just this city because we're going to see that in a little bit. Um, but I want to jump into this. So I need you guys to just like let go of any like pearly gates and just like clouds and stuff like that, and really trying to open up your minds to what God has for us, because eternity is going to be sweet. It is for real. So we're going to jump in. Revelations 21, it's shown, and he's talking about the city, with the glory of God and sparkled like precious stone, like jasper as clear as crystal. To me, I say, ooh, it was probably really pretty. The city wall was broad and high with 12 gates guarded by 12 angels. There were three gates on each side, east, north, south, west. What I want to get from this right here is that it's like three-dimensional. There's, there's sides. There's like a, a spot where you, you'd be able to walk around a corner is what he's describing. So it's a physical place, all right? The, the city um, of heaven of where we're going to be able to live, where our homes are going to be is a physical place. So I want us to get our minds around that. We're going to keep going in Revelation 21. When he measured it, and he's talking about the angel, uh, he found it was square, as wide as it was long. In fact, its length, width, and height were each 1,400 miles. Is that small? New. And for some some of you that may be tracking with this, it's talking about its length, its width, and its height was a square. That makes a what? You guys are the smartest people on the planet. That's right, a cube. So now I'm just like, if I'm imagining this right, 1,400 miles, it's a city. So it's like, is New York City just stacking on top of itself now all of a sudden? Like, you see how it's starting to come together? Like, wow, this is something we've never seen before, but it's something that we're promised to be able to experience. And so we don't have the details of how it all worked or if there were an elevator system or do we ride on unicorns. I'm not sure, okay, how we get across the city or anything like that, but it's big, it's a cube, and it's something that we're going to be able to like actually like physically be able to see and touch. It also says the walls were like two, 216 feet thick. That's a lot of wall. Keep going. The wall was made of jasper and the city was pure gold, as clear as glass. 
So apparently there's no privacy issues if all the walls are clear. It's like, you're just like brushing your teeth. Hey, Fred. And he's like way far away. That's what I imagined anyway. Um, but the wall of the city was built on a foundation, stones inlaid with 12 precious stones. In the book of Revelations, you see a lot of numbers that are symbols. Um, 12, you see a whole bunch. There were 12 tribes of Israel in the Old Testament. Um, so basically, like number 12 kind of represents God's people. And so there's a lot of 12s that pop up in Revelation. Um, and God loves to use symbols and loves to have hidden meanings behind stuff. Um, I'm not going to get too far into them because I just want us to be able to imagine um, what all this was going on. All right, in verse 21, the 12 gates were made of pearls. So you talk about the pearly gates. You guys ever heard that before? The pearly gates. My grandma used to just love talking about the pearly gates. I didn't imagine this because it says each gate from a single pearl. That's a big clam. People are walking through a pearl. That's huge. So like they carved out a pearl. I don't know how it works or if the pearl like splits in half or whatever, but they probably have some really good clam chowder in heaven, I'm guessing. Sean, you get to taste it because you're not allergic in heaven. Yay. Sean's allergic. You can have watermelon. You can look at you. That's awesome. All right. Um, the main street was pure gold and as clear as glass. This, this is something that I was just, what, like our, precious, our most precious metal is gold, right? Man, God uses that as his asphalt. Heaven's going to be sweet, guys. Like we use black tar, <laughs> you know. We use just a bunch of crumpled up rocks and he uses pure gold just to pave the streets. That's, that's what we're worth to walk on when we're in heaven. That's what God's, God's kids get to just walk on in heaven is pure gold. That's awesome. That's really, really cool, I think. Keep going here. Keep your imaginations working with me. And the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. So, the streets are gold and it's clear and the crystal's gold, but only dive into the crystal, okay? Don't dive into the street because you'll hurt your face. You've been warned. You've been warned, okay? It flowed down the center of Main Street. Now you're on the street. Now I don't know what to do, okay? On each side of the river grew a tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. Now I don't know if there's a suggestion box in heaven, but I'm gonna gun for like Chick-fil-A nuggets as one of those crops. Just, just to see, and you know, maybe like the flowers or sauces that you can choose from. I don't know. I don't know. See, my, my imagination, like God says that everything good and perfect on earth comes from God. Everything that's good and perfect. The Bible also talks about how God wants to give you your heart's desire, okay? Now, I understand I'm using Chick-fil-A as my reference here, okay? But like, what if? What if like things that we taste here on earth, things that we experience here on earth that are good and pleasing and perfect, what if those things are things that we can also experience in heaven? Man, I want to go, right? Jesus, take me now. I will go there and feast on Chick-fil-A. If that's a crop, I don't know if it is or not. But things that you've experienced here, man, God can make them even better, even more amazing. And he wants to, he wants to. This last part of what John describes is just super special to me. Revelation 21, 22, and 25 says, I saw no temple in the city, no church, no church in heaven, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb, and the Lamb is Jesus, are its temple. So it's not like we're just in church, but we're, we're with God. 
See, church is like the, the temple is somewhere where we come um, here. Church is somewhere where we come to be able to encounter God's presence, to be able to experience him, to be able to worship him. But everywhere we walk in heaven is gonna be that place. And not only that, in verse 23, it says, and the city has no need of a sun or a moon for the glory of God illuminates the city. And the lamb, meaning Jesus, is the light. So God's glory goes, I guess, for a sound effect that probably isn't accurate. And then Jesus is, is the light that's next to us the whole time. The nations will walk in its light and the kings of this world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day because there's no night there. So I'm guessing we're not, I guess we don't have to sleep. I don't know. This is like the fun thing about like thinking about heaven is that the Bible points us to a lot of truth in it. John actually saw this and this is actually like what he tried to put into words. And I, being a child of God, can understand that heaven's focus is God. Heaven's focus is God, but God's focus is being with you. That's what we get to experience in heaven, is the unrestricted presence of a God that is madly in love with you, that loves being around you, that's your biggest cheer, that has done all of this, made all of this, so that you can be, be happy, so that you can be in paradise. That's what, that's what heaven's focus is. Heaven's focus is God, and God's focus is being with you, and then our focus is God. And then it comes into this really awesome circle that all of a sudden, we get to go play disc golf with Jesus. If you're into that sort of thing, I really like disc golf. I don't know if you guys do. But I mean, fill in the blank. I bet Jesus can play really good Fortnite. I bet he can. It's true. Myth number two, heaven is just where God lives. That is, that is it's just where God lives. The truth is, heaven was designed and created for us to live with God. Heaven's vastly bigger. It's, it's, it's better than we could ever think, better than we could ever imagine. I mean, if you think about the vastness of God, that has got to be part of the vastness of heaven. Like, we could see colors that we've never seen before in heaven. We could feel feelings that we've never felt before in heaven. We could shoot deer that have bigger antlers than we've ever, ever seen, ever, 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 ever. We could ride bears, guys. You don't know. I don't know. I mean, I would ride bear to my next destination everywhere I went, all right? I'd, I'd get the bear in the elevator and, and eat Chick-fil-A. It'd be the, the best place ever. But this is what I'm, I know I'm, I'm kidding around and everything, but I want you to start like being curious about the things of heaven and what God has planned for you because heaven is a place that he built for you. He actually built it for you. In John 14, two to three, it says this, there is more than enough room in my father's home. And this is Jesus talking. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? Jesus was a carpenter and he's still building. Jesus was a carpenter before he started his ministry. And he is up in heaven right now, preparing a place for you, preparing a place for me. He's up there building and building and building. Jesus says, when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. Jesus is making a place special for you, just for you. I don't know what like my house in heaven's gonna have, but I bet it's gonna have a shooting range out the back door. I just assume, because I'm really into that stuff, right? I, I think that I'm gonna be able to fly fish off my front porch and, to, and catch trout that are bigger than my car, okay? Seriously, like 
Jesus is preparing it for you. And he thought that this was such an important thing, that he wants to be with you so much that he left earth to go do that and gave us the Holy Spirit so we can um, understand how to look more like Jesus here while he's building our home. That's how important it is to Jesus. He's getting everything ready. He's like the best party planner ever. He's getting it perfect for when he comes back riding on the clouds and he's gonna kick Satan in the face again. And then, and then we're gonna be able to be with him forever in paradise. Oh, that's so awesome. Don't we serve a God that is so awesome? So awesome. This is what we have, we're gonna have access to the moment we die. The moment we die, we're going to have that. See, the truth is, heaven was always meant for you, and you were born to call heaven home. You were born for it. Heaven is for real. It's not a question, it's a fact. It really is. The Bible teaches us to think of heaven when we're here on earth. First part of Colossians 3 says, Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. It doesn't say set your sights on the fantasy of heaven. It doesn't say set your sights on the idea of heaven. It says reality, real, is a real place right now. Set your focus, set your eyes, set your attention on the realities of heaven where Christ sits at the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ. God. See, this verse in Colossians, it points the way that we're to live our life here on earth now. It points the way. And I like to think of it like this. So you might have seen Pastor Hooper Sr. do this illustration, um, but I like to think of our time here on earth. Um, say this rope is, is your entire existence, right? your entire existence. And this little, this little blue part right here, that's your time on earth. And everything after this, this moment when you die is just eternity. Millions and millions and millions and millions of years. And so we're here on earth and like, we're probably, I don't know, I guess like if you're 80 years, you're right, right there, maybe right there, right there. And then we're so caught up and going like, oh my gosh, I need to get the right shoes to impress the friends that are right here so that like maybe one day, but then I get here and then I'm like, all those friends were jerks anyway. And then I'm gonna save up and I'm gonna live really good and go to college and stuff like that so I can live really awesome right here. And our worry and our focus and all that stuff is caught up right there. When we have millions and millions and millions and millions of years and eternity that we can live for now. See, heaven's not bound to our timeline. Because remember, it said reality of heaven. It's real now. And so if you've accepted Jesus as your savior, I submit to you that you don't have to just live here. You can already be living this now. I submit to you that, that, that heaven is here now. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. That if you've accepted Jesus as your, as your Lord and Savior, that, that the Holy Spirit resides inside of you. So are we not the closest thing to, to God's presence on earth, me and you? The Bible says we are. I'm eternal. I'm eternal. 
But the Bible also says the decisions you make here affect your eternity. And you can have an eternity like what we've been talking about, all the things that we've been hearing and imagining, or you can have eternity that's the exact opposite as well. See, the decisions that you make here affect everything else. Jesus came down and lived a life like this. He left eternity, came and lived a life here, was perfect, and died so that we could have eternity with him. So that he can build heaven for us. I mean, it's all, it's all, all of it based out of love. See, we're not a people... <laughs> We are a people that can live from heaven now, not just toward heaven. We can, we can live in how we walk and how we move right now. It's like we're already in the party. We're already, we can already be there. We can see heaven now. We can see heaven tonight. I believe that we've already seen heaven tonight in worship. Worship is something that we're going to do in heaven. Anything that we, that we do here, and that there's, there's things that are eternal here. You and me, if you've accepted Jesus, are eternal. I'm going to see some of you in heaven. We're going to talk about that in a couple weeks. I'm going to see things that I, I can't explain in heaven. Well, I've seen things I can't explain here. I've seen God make someone's leg grow in front of my eyes. I've seen God heal ligaments, heal tendons. I've seen God um, heal the liver in a, in a one-month-year-old baby. And doctors had no idea what happened. All of a sudden, it was healed again. Like, I've seen things that aren't possible here because, you know what? Heaven isn't bound to just there. Jesus loves us so much that he wants us to experience as much of him all the time. All the time. And so tonight, I want us to just start thinking, man, what? What does life look like when I'm living in light of this, of eternity, opposed to living for this little, 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 little part here? What's, what's, what's life like? Do you think life's more fulfilling here if I'm thinking about all this? You bet. Jesus said this in Matthew 16. He says, if you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you're going to save it. You're going to save it. This world's constantly going to try and grab your attention. Satan is constantly trying to get us to focus here, to keep our mind here in this flesh. What's what we can see, taste, touch here. When Jesus says there's so much more that that's to come and that if you if you just give me your life, and some of you have already done this, and, and I'm going to give that option to some of you that haven't tonight, but it's more than just, it's more than just praying a prayer once for this. Yes, you'll be saved and you're going to go to heaven, but why wait till you die to experience it? Why not experience it now? And the people that you encounter in the and the places that you go. 
I mean, the things that are here that keep your attention, they keep you focused on, on what's going to pass away. And the second you get bored with things, um, you know, like Fortnite or whatever, the world's going to bring something else to possess your time to rob you of your prayer life to rob you of your, your time with the Bible, to rob you of worship time, to rob you of coming to 4640 on a night. But if we say, uh, no, I am not going to live my life for what will be here in my life. I'm going to live my life for what will be eternity. And the second you start making that decision is the second Satan loses power, the second attack loses its sting, and is the second that you're able to see that there is something in this world that God put you in this place for a purpose and for a mission and for you to be able to experience heaven here on earth. So when everybody just close their eyes for a second, and I want you to just think about, is there a time that you have honestly given your life to Jesus? And what I mean by that, there's a prayer that we pray that we just ask Jesus to be um, the Lord of our life. And the truth is Jesus came here, he lived a perfect life, he died, and he rose from the dead because he didn't deserve death for each and every one of us. And if we make him our Lord, if we give him our life, he gives us the free gift of eternal life, living forever, being able to experience what heaven looks like. And so if any of you want to make that decision tonight, I'm just going to, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, but when every eye closed, if you, if you, if you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, if you've never asked him, I want you to raise your hand up in the air right now. If you've never asked him before. All right, go ahead and put your hand down. Put your hands down. And I want everybody in the room to just pray this prayer with me. Um, and, and this is the prayer. This, this is the, the moment that, <laughs> this is the moment that is going to change your eternity. And so everybody um, together, let, let's all pray this. Jesus, I believe that you lived here on earth perfect and that you died in my place and that you rose from the dead and that you love me. And I give you my life, Jesus. And I ask you to take control, to come into my heart and make me new. Forgive me for the bad things I've done and help me to live like you. Help me to look more like you. Help me to love more like you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time tonight, I just want you to know I am so happy for you. And I want you to, uh, um, to tell somebody um, that has a blue shirt on or one of us adults here or one of us pastors, tell somebody you made that decision because it is super, super important. For the rest of us this week, um, I challenge you to come back next week um, with an expectation of learning more about what eternity is gonna be like. And that as you, as you encounter people and as you see Jesus and as you... Um, Talk to him throughout the week. Like, think about what, what could be possible there? What could be possible after death? I mean, because we don't know when we're going to check out. We have no idea. At any second, somebody, somebody could die. That sounds morbid. 
but if you think about where you go, is life here really that crazy anymore? Not really. Life here doesn't, I mean, it just seems so much more insignificant to, to all the years down the road. And so I want us to just keep our minds open to what God's doing, what Jesus is doing um, in our minds as we live just in light of, man, I am so stoked to be able to go to heaven. And the rest of the series, we're going to continue to tackle some myths and continue to tackle some answers about uh, what we look like in heaven and who we're going to see in heaven um, and and all all sorts of different things like that. So I challenge you guys to bring some friends back and uh, to be able to hear more about this. Uh, But I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over you guys real quick before we close. God, I just thank you so much for tonight. I just uh, pray, Lord, that we can continue to see you, continue to um, just hear from you this, this week. And that, Lord, that you can uh, keep our eyes open. Uh, we can keep our attention on you. Uh, we can keep our focus on, on the things of heaven, God, as we just make um, those declarations and we just uh, talk to you and read about you. Um, Jesus, I pray that we can feel your presence and we can see heaven touch earth around us all week long. We love you in your heavenly name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.